Manhead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 12th of June 2022. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week Paul continued looking at our key truths with Walking in Freedom. The reading is Hebrews chapter 5 verses 11 to 14. We'll join, go and join Paul as he's introducing the service and sorting out some birthdays. John on Tuesday. Wow, one family with two birthdays close together. Good luck buying those presents, mum and dad. And Angie, I'm told. Seven. That, that was a five. Was it 50? <laughs> and when's that, Barry? And when was that, Barry? That will be Tuesday. Wednesday. So. <laughs> is, it, is it okay if we start again? Good morning, everyone. No. So we have got Remy, Fion, and Angie. Okay, got that Remy, Fion, and Angie. That's when we come to that happy birthday line. Sue, over to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. It's amazing to see you and say happy birthday to you. Thank you so very, very much. And then there's one other kind of bit of family news. um, And it is as follows. It's lovely, isn't it, when we can celebrate people's weddings and more particularly their anniversaries. So we have two uh, couples celebrating anniversary with zeros on the end of them. Uh, This week just gone. And so we want to say congratulations to you, Sue and Andrew. For 30 years. Hi, Andrew. There you are. And, and since I know that he said to me that they'll try and catch up in the middle of the Norwegian fjords because they've gone on a cruise today, happy 40th Ruby wedding anniversary to Steve and Anne. Um, and so bless you for that. It's lovely to be able to do that. And it's good to stop for a moment and thank God for his institution of marriage and to pray a blessing on those couples. So let's do that now. Father, we thank you that you have given marriage so that we may give each other, man and woman together, and come and join ourselves together in the face of God, in the presence of God. And so for Andrew and Sue, for Steve and Anne, we remember 40 years ago and 30 years ago when that happened. And we thank you that you are as faithful today, Lord, as you were then. Bless them, we pray, not just in the celebration of today and of 30 and 40 years of marriage, but in the tomorrow and all that you will do within the marriage, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for the chance of celebrating. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Last but not least, and there is one more thanks. It comes from the leadership. Do you remember at the church meeting in the last couple of weeks, we said, could you pray for Friday morning? Because we would be meeting this Friday, just gone, meeting to think about what next after Mark leaves. Do you remember that? I'm sure you do, because I'm sure you were all praying. I want to thank you, because we came together and it became really apparent really quickly that God is speaking in the midst of us. And I want to thank you and encourage you with that. And then say, can you just keep praying some more? Because we recognize this is the start of a process. But God is good. And he is speaking. And so thank you, dear church, 
for your prayers. I love this verse, we're going to use it later on, but Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 say this. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. What an awesome verse. To remind ourselves that our Lord is in control as we bring ourselves to worship this morning. Sue. Good morning everybody. I feel as if I've been away too long here. I'm forgetting all your names. No, I'm not. Let's stand and let's worship God together. Good morning, everybody. Are you, are you all right? You having a good day? Brilliant. That's what we like to hear. Are you having a good weekend? Oh, yes. There's a real big yes over there. Hey, yes. All right. Have you been with family? Hey, have you? Good. Okay. Tonight at Cafe Church, we're going to look at the church being unleashed as family. Okay, if you'd like to come, please do. I think we've even got live music. I think Sarah's going to come. I've got a thumbs up, well done. Yeah? I think, right? I've had to take her out for a meal afterwards. <laughs> all right? It's the only way I've got her to come, but I think Sarah's going to be. So, Cafe Church tonight at 6 o'clock. Yes, yeah, 6 o'clock. Brilliant. Right, next bit. Let's go on to this then. Oh, has anyone got any pets? You got pets? Yeah. <laughs> we might get onto that actually as we get through this. All right? Yeah. Have we got pets? Okay. Lovely. What have we got? You got a kitten. You have, haven't you? Brian, can I have a picture of that kitten? Oh, I'm it's Stephen. Stephen, can I have a picture of the kitten on the wall, please? Hey. Oh no. Oh no. Hey. Look at that. Hey. Is that? That's cute, isn't it? Eh? What pets have you got? James? Pardon? Fish. Fish, right. That doesn't quite work in with this one. But fish is good. Fish is good. Sam, what have you got? You got, you got what? Frogs? That doesn't work in with this either. No. no. Eh? And a tortoise? No, that doesn't work either. No. Right. William, guinea pigs. No, that doesn't work either. We're not doing well, are you? Right. What have we got at the back? Right at the back. Bearded dragon. dragon. No, that doesn't work. Right. You're getting a ferret. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What have you got, Tyler? A dog. A dog. That works. <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. Right. A dog, all right? Okay, a cat and a dog. When you've got 
okay, when you've got your dog, Tyler, because I'm now just talking to Tyler, because that's a normal pet, all right? A dog and a normal pet, all right? When you got, where did you get it from? A friend, a friend gave you the dog. Did anyone get their cat or their dog from a, a what's it called? I don't want to say pound, a kennel, all right? No? Well, I used to have a dog. We used a dog called Dusty. And Dusty was a little terrier. And we, as a family, when we were growing up, we, we wanted a dog desperately. My mum and dad decided they'd go to a, a dog's home. And they'd get Dusty. Now, in those days, you just had to give, I think it was about a pound. It was very little money. And you just gave over your little bit of money and you took your dog home. Well, Dusty, okay, was like any other little dog. He'd been, he was in... A dog's home. He'd been in a cage. And when he got to our house, he went mad. <laughs> Absolutely mad. And I think your kittens does the same, doesn't it? It goes mad because it's little. And it runs. And this dog ran around the house. Right? It jumped on all the furniture. It escaped out of the front door. Right? It ate anything. Right? If it wasn't. Right? If you didn't have it in your lap. It would eat it all. It drank tea out of cups off the coffee table. It did, it did everything. And then the worst thing in the world is it pooed everywhere. Right? right? Now, we, there was four of us, four children and mum and dad. We couldn't look after this dog like that. We couldn't let that dog just get away with it. We needed to show the dog that you are loved in our family, little Dusty. You are beautifully loved, but you can't poo everywhere. It's just, it's just not one of those things you can do in a house. You've got to learn to eat your food. You've got to learn to eat at the right times. You've got to learn to poo in the right place. All right? And you are not allowed to scratch the furniture, just like your cat. Does your cat scratch the furniture? Yeah. Well, it can't do that all the time, can it? Because I know you've got a new sofa, right? And it's not allowed to do that. So you've got to teach it, right? Now, why is Mark talking about his little dog and, and Amy's cat? Because we are like that as Christians. We like to do our own thing. But Christians, we've been brought into a loving family. God's brought us in. He sent his son, Jesus, so that we can be loved. That we can be cared for and nurtured and shown the right way to go. If we just came in as Christians and carried on doing everything we wanted to, it's not going to work. The same way as my dog couldn't carry on running riot around the house. The same way the kitten can't carry on doing that. It's got to learn to live within this loving relationship. But just like God and our family, is we didn't really tell the dog off. We didn't smack it and give it, I don't know, the choke chain, like that. We carefully loved the dog. We carefully showed them through love and acceptance that you're better off here. Do it the right way and life's good. And I believe that's what God has done through Jesus. He's not sent his son to come and judge us, to give us rules and all that sort of thing. But he wants us to do it the right way. And that right way is done through love. You, my brothers, were called to be free. 
But do not use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. And if we're loved, we feel safe and secure and accepted. The same way your little kitten will soon. And it won't want to scratch the furniture. And it won't want to poo everywhere. It will learn the right thing to do. Because it will be loved within your family. We are loved in God's family. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you take me even though I want to do my own thing. That even though I might try and do things that are wrong. Even though I do and I say sorry. You love me for who I am. And I thank you, Lord. Thank you for taking me into your family and showing me the right way to live. Lord, I am so grateful that I am loved, cared for and accepted. Amen. Amen. Okay, we've got another song, so. We have. And as we, um, as we sing this song, we're going to take up your offering. Um, I can see that there's many uh, people in here that may be on holiday or are guests. Please don't feel that you've got to put money in the offering. It's for the building up of the church here so that we can go out and preach the gospel in this uh, community. So please, please feel free to let it pass you. Um, and we can stand up and sing. Amen. When I stand in glory, I will see his face. Will you be there with me? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Great. <laughs> There's another beautiful song that we sing here sometimes. It's called For Your Name is Holy by Paul Wilbur, one of my favourites. This is how it begins. I enter the holy of holies. I enter through the blood of the Lamb. I enter to worship you only. I enter to honour I am. Join with me, with me now as we come into God's presence. Let's pray. First of all, Father, I ask that these prayers may echo what is on your heart. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. The heavens praise your wonders, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with Yahweh? Who is like you, Lord, among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, you, God, are greatly feared. You are more awesome than all who surround you. O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty and your faithfulness surrounds you. We will sanctify your name in this place and in the world, even as it is sanctified in heaven. The whole earth is full of your glory. The Lord reigns forever 
Your God, Zion, unto all generations, praise the Lord. Unto all generations, we will proclaim your greatness. And to all eternity, we will tell of your holiness. Your praise, our God and Father, shall not cease from our mouths, for you are a great and holy God and King. Amen? Amen. Father, even as we recognise and acknowledge your majesty, we recognise and acknowledge our sinfulness. We have been willful. We have so often decided that we know better than you and have defied you in thought, word and deed. We understand that we cannot stand in the Holy of Holies while cherishing sin in our hearts. With the psalmist we pray, keep your servant from willful sins. May they not rule over me. We ask forgiveness, claiming the promise that if we confess our sins, then you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So a few minutes now for you to bring your own thoughts and prayers to the Lord. For you to be alone with God. Father, we have much to be thankful for. We are blessed in being part of a loving family in a beautiful part of your world. As a fellowship, we are blessed with godly leadership, sound teaching, a heart for the lost, and a generous heart for the needy. You have called us to be disciples, to use the gifts and resources that you have given us. May we honour that calling, and may you be glorified in all we do. Father, we remember before you those of our fellowship who are suffering, those who are finding life a challenge, those who feel they are trapped in a web of sickness, those who are battling sin and who feel under spiritual attack, those experiencing relationship difficulties, those struggling with divided loyalties and those with money worries. It is so easy to pray, but prayers are not always enough. You expect action rather than words. Help us as we seek to cultivate hearts of compassion, to seek out, support and help each other, as is your will for your people. Again, a few moments for you to bring people who come to mind to the Lord. May we have receptive ears to your word and voice, both individually and as a fellowship, as we look to our future and pray for guidance. We have to confess that often our personal agendas and preferences can cloud the issue and divert our attention from what you are trying to say. May we cultivate teachable spirits to understand the truth, to recognise error, to value the truth and walk in it. Shield us and guard us from heresy and deception. 
as we seek your will and purpose in a challenging world that seems to be falling apart, but we know that is in fact falling into place according to your will and plan. Your word is truth. You are Lord and are in control. That will never change. As instructed in your word, we pray for our leaders, those in temporal authority over us, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness. Thank you for our Queen, her selfless service and the stability that her rule has given this nation over so many turbulent decades. We know that you raise rulers and you bring them down according to your purposes, for there is no authority except that which God has established. We pray for our government. In the current turmoil that characterises national and international politics, we long for your rule, knowing that one day it will be, you will reign. In all affairs of state, we ask for integrity, not political expediency. Honesty, not economy of truth. We desire your rule in our land and long for your kingdom to come. We long to be part of a nation where justice flows down like water and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. There is much violence in this world against which we seem powerless. War is waged. Nations covet land, wealth, prestige and power. Religious ideologies seek to dominate and enslave. The innocent, the weak and those on the fringes of society suffer. The vulnerable are exploited. Justice and the rule of law is non-existent. We are particularly mindful of the senseless war against Ukraine, of the insanity that seems to have been let loose. For what end? Father, we ask for a rapid, just end to this conflict and pray for your peace and restoration on that besieged nation. We are told to expect wars and rumours of wars, and that when we see these things, to lift up our heads, for our salvation draws nigh. This is no excuse for complacency and inaction, so we ask, Father, that you stir us up by your Holy Spirit to be salt and light and peacemakers, to be bold and stand for truth and righteousness in society. We long for peace. Along with nature, we groan, awaiting the return of Jesus. In your word, we are exhorted to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The city that you have declared will be a cup of reeling and a burdensome stone to all nations. Along with Jerusalem, the city that you declare that you are very zealous for, we bring before you the land that you have covenanted to your people. A covenant that will never change is always valid. We ask your protection against the evil that is Hezbollah, Hamas, the PA and Iran as they seek Israel's complete destruction. We pray for the Palestinian people who share the land, for those among them who seek and desire peace and to live in harmony in the land of Israel. I ask, Father, for the removal of the corrupt promoters of death over life, war over peace, martyrdom over coexistence, and those who persistently promote a lie and call it truth to the detriment of their own people and any potential peace process. 
Replace them with honest, balanced leadership. In the ongoing certainty that dogs Israel's politics, we pray for sound, firm, stable government. Hasten the day, Father, when the people recognise Jesus as their Messiah and call on him. In closing, Father, Micah has told us what you desire. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. May this be our prayer. As you continue to bless us, may we be channels of blessing to those we meet. As your face shines upon us, may we reflect that light so that we can shine in a dark world. Being conscious and grateful for your graciousness to us, may we take the opportunities presented to us to share that graciousness with others and tell of your greatness. Finally, Father, we ask for your peace so that we can bring peace into our relationships, homes and community. As always, Father, to you be all the honour, majesty and praise. In the name of Jesus. Amen. our prayer is here we are waiting abide in us we pray here we are longing for you hide us in your love bring us to our knees that we might know Jesus more and more is that the prayer of our hearts this morning The readings from Hebrews 5, um, verses 11 to 14. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you might, you ought to be teachers, you heard someone, um, you heard, oh, sorry, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish Good from evil. Amen. Thank you, Gemma. If you go back the last sort of seven weeks or so and you look at what we've been looking at, what you see is what we've been looking at is how do we shed the world's view of who we are? 
How do we respond to the temptations of sin that the flesh brings into our lives? And how do we resist the enemy, the devil, and all his works? In one sense, what we could do is we could say we've been equipping ourselves to be able to walk throughout the rest of our lives in freedom. So why does that just not happen? If we took the last seven weeks and we said, yes, all of that is true, how come so many of us struggle with walking through the rest of our lives in freedom? Now, you could come to church Sunday by Sunday and you could listen to the word of God read from scripture and you could join in the worship and you could say amen to the prayers and every now and then you might even decide you pay attention to the preacher. But why doesn't it just happen? If we sort of get it sometimes but we kind of struggle moment by moment to apply what we've heard over these last few weeks, what is going on? How come it all sometimes just seems a bit too much? Or sometimes we just long to be free, but something just seems to hold us back. What's going on? Now, all of those questions that I've just told you are quite big questions, aren't they? And you'll be pleased to hear that we're not going to pick them apart. But I will say this to you, if you struggle with any one part of any of the questions we've raised or with all of them, or anywhere in between, please speak to me after the service. And I know for someone, it is vital that you do. One of the verses we've used a few times over the past few weeks is the verse from Romans 12 that we started the service with. Just to remind you, verse 2 says this, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect and pleasing will. If we want to walk in freedom, dear church, if we want to eat solid food, the spiritual solid food that the writer of Hebrews speaks about, then quite frankly, the way you start is to recognise something. That what we've been talking about over these past few weeks is not just a one-off experience. Although the journey itself may be started by a one-off experience, but rather it needs to become a way of life. What illustration do I use, Lord? didn't have one written down here, but thank you for the person that shared the picture that God had given them just now. And for Sue. Because Sue, I want to say to you, it's not often I do this with a worship leader, but I'm going to disagree with you. Is that okay? I hope it is, because afterwards she might just hug me to death. (laughs) But, But Because Sue said, you know that song, come live in me all my life, take over. Come breathe in me and I will rise on Ingle's wings. You know the song we've just sung? And Sue said, sometimes those words are difficult to say. I want to say, no, they're not. They're really easy to say. They're difficult to mean, difficult to enact, difficult to hold on to. And then thank you for the person, you didn't know this, Sue, when you chose the song, that shared the word, the picture they'd been given. This is what they said. I had a picture of an eagle flying, soaring, 
holding a baby eagle, an eaglet, I think they're called, aren't they? On anyone better at that stuff than me on their back. And they're flying high, high into the thermals. And then, when they get to the top of those thermals, if you ever wonder how an eagle teaches its young to fly, it tips them off. It lets them fall. An eaglet falls and falls and falls and falls. And then, just when it seems as if all is lost, you discover the parent eagle has been flying with you and it swoops in and catches them and takes them up again. And guess what it does? It drops them. And it swoops down and it picks them up. And that rhythm is continued until the moment the baby gets it. And then what happens is the baby flies. The eagle is teaching the eaglet to fly. My question is, over these past seven weeks we have been going up into the thermals and dropping. Do you want to fly this morning? Spiritually fly. Be careful about your response. Remember, words are easy to say. But if you take it honestly and take the Lord openly, you will fly. And this church will fly too. Someone said, Amen. I want to go, Amen too. Now, in the reading we had, these Jewish Christians, and it's written to a group of Jewish Christians, they were immature, it seems to me, that being the writer's point. Some of them, according to Scripture, should have been teaching others, but they'd not even applied the basics of faith to their own lives. They're reluctant to move on. Beyond age-old tradition and established doctrines and discussions of the basic. It was as if their old life was really comfortable. They got used to it. And nothing would disturb that, thank you very much. And the new life that the writer's talking about sort of pinches a bit. Now I did say, um, I did get permission to share this with you. But, and confession is good for the soul, but Lorraine gets frustrated with me. In one issue, I hope it's just one, but in, she gets frustrated with me. But I've got to tell you, I still persist. I am right. Let's see whether you think I am. Okay? I know it's dramatically hard to even imagine that anyone could ever get frustrated with me over anything. But she does, and here you go. You see, the problem is one of shoes. I have quite a number of pair of them. I think I've got well enough shoes just to put it out there, I think I've got about 10 pairs of shoes. It's well enough, isn't it? Agreed. All sorts, walking shoes, sandals, and everywhere in between. What happens, however, is that I tend to wear the same shoes over and over and over again. I know you're all now looking at my shoes. Lorraine did make sure that the black ones went with the blue trousers, but you get my drift. I'll wear the same ones over and over and over and again. And frankly, because I'm a man, sorry to every gent in the building, because blue trousers, sorry, because brown shoes may or may not go with the colour trousers I'm wearing or the shirt I'm wearing, doesn't matter to me one little bit. Every gent's going, yeah, go preach, testify, brother. But the truth is, it doesn't matter to me. Why? Why is that? Because the shoes are comfortable. They don't hurt at all. They don't pinch. And so I put on, in essence, the comfortable pair of shoes. Without regard for anything else. 
let's be honest, accepting the world's view of who we are rather than Christ's view of who we are means, well, it's easy. Because it means we don't have to stop blending in with our culture. We don't have to stand and say, no. It's a well-worn, easy path. Not bothering too much about the areas in our lives where the flesh, where sin rules in our lives is okay as well. The sins we have that are deep-rooted, that frankly have become part of who we are, when we commit those sins, it's like putting on an old, comfortable pair of slippers. They seem to fit so well. They're us. We've swallowed the lie. And so what if in sinning we lose a little bit of who we are or reinforce the negative image we have of ourselves? We can cope. Or however much we're told the truth, it's easy to believe the lie that we are who we have been or who we are today that actually counts. And Jesus Christ says, no, it's who you are in me that's important. And we believe we'll never break free of the enemy's stronghold. And let's be honest, that can be comfortable as well, like my well-worn shoes. Because if I remain broken in some way, this can easily become my identity. Never able to quite break free. And by the way, not able to do much for the Lord or who he's called to serve until I heal. And all of that can become a bit like a security blanket. This is the day, Lord. This is the day, church, when we say, we will risk all for the Lord. We will walk in freedom. And by the by, even though we're going to have to go somewhere that might be a bit uncomfortable, come on, let's go. Because isn't that what this writer in Hebrews is talking about? Rather than walking in freedom with Jesus moment by moment, rather than learning to eat spiritual solid food, we prefer to sit and let everything pass us by and live off spiritual milk. Do you want to eat some solids this morning, dear church? Yeah, well, hey, we'll see. This group in Hebrews need to do something that you and I need to do. And we don't like to do it. We need to get out of our comfort zone, which we think is the most amazing place of all. But I want to tell you, that's rubbish. Now, I have been observing you over the last few weeks, dear church, in case you didn't know it. And I have seen some gentlemen in the church do this too. This is not all about the ladies, gentlemen. I'm so sorry. It is true of you. There are many gents in this place that have cooed over baby life they've cooed over him I've seen you you know go up isn't he wonderful and the, the, you've got, your wife's got him and you kind of go over and you go oh yeah as if you're not trying to pay attention but you really are I've seen you you've cooed over him and I want to tell you the truth I have a confession to make to blessing his mum and to all of you I am envious of life in one respect because I've cooed over him too at my stage of life, I genuinely, genuinely wish I had the hair he has. <laughs> the truth of the matter is I've seen us do it. And we all prayed for him, didn't we? That when he grows up, he'll find Jesus Christ as his Lord and Saviour and he'll follow his Saviour through the waters of baptism. And we made that pledge and we must carry on praying for life. That's the pledge we made. Now, I'm going to make a suggestion. If I'm wrong, blessing, please let me know. I don't know a lot about babies. You're going to find that out, okay? 
But I want to suggest that life is still at an age where he is still on baby milk. Is that correct? Yeah, I just checked with mum because you never know in life, do you really? He's on milk and, and actually for a while he's cute, isn't he? Because of that fact somehow. The moment he is born, we didn't instantly expect him to become an adult, did we? We expect him to be a baby. But imagine life in, let's say, seven years' time. Imagine if he's still on milk then, still acting like a baby then. Would it be just as cute? No. Because he must mature, grow up, become the person God wants him to be. Isn't that our prayer? If a baby keeps acting like a baby when it gets older, it becomes less attractive. And so one point the writer of Hebrews is making to this group of Christians is that any Christian on the face of the planet, any one of us, can become an old Christian. It just takes time. Every single person here can become an old Christian. But the good news, according to this writer, is that any Christian can become a mature Christian. But we don't. Because we don't know how to deal with those strongholds, those things that we've been talking about that stop us from being mature. Yet we now do, because of the past few weeks of good teaching here. And I want to invite you, this morning, to tear down the strongholds. Any Christian, I will stake all that I have on this, because scripture says it's true. Any Christian can become a fruitful, mature Christian whose life is making a real impact. But the question is not can we, but why we never get there. Well, here's my statement. And you can follow me or not. So next Sunday, if I come to church and it's just me, I'll know why. Got that? I am not prepared to settle for just becoming an old Christian. I want my life what's left of it, to make a difference for Jesus. What about you? I want to be eating solid spiritual food. What about you? And I will no longer settle for the lie of the enemy that I am just fit for baby milk. I want to make a difference for my Lord. What about you? Paul writes this. It's a bit of how to do it, really. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of war. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. They're amazing words, aren't they? Awesome scriptural words. Do you know, can you see how many times the word we is used in that, in that passage? We fight, we demolish, we take captive of every thought. No one else can do this for you but you. You this morning have a choice. And if you choose not to do it, you will have made a choice. If you choose to put off the day when you say, I stand for the Lord and I will eat spiritual solids. I want to go his way. Then you will have put it off and you will have said no. There's a yes and there's a no. And not saying yes, yes means no. And only you can do that for you because only you can turn to the Lord in repentance the way that only you can. 
And if this sounds like a hard sort of word to swallow, guess what it is? So is the first spoonful of solid food. Now, I have to tell you, that ending of that 2 Corinthians 5 says, take every thought captive. It it was many years ago now, though, and that penny dropped in my life. I was on a Freedom in Christ course, and yes, you are right. If you are saying that some of the stuff we've done is from Freedom in Christ, the pattern we've been following is from that. And it gave me, this dropped in my mind, and there was an illustration given to me, and I've used it so many times, and in pastoral visits, some of you will have heard me say this. But I want to reinforce it to you. Here you go. Here's the real key. Here's what dropped in my mind the day I thought, I want to eat spiritual solid food. And the moment I adopted this for myself, guess what? I found the spiritual solids of life. Here it is. It's really simple. Can you think of your mind as being like an airport? Imagine your mind like an airport. If that's true, you are the air traffic controller. Please don't do as one child did when I once shared this with them and said they literally, without irony, all of you that know Thomas will know the reference, they looked at me and they went, oh, you're the fat controller. But the truth is, I want you to be your own air traffic controller. Because moment by moment, minute by minute, loads of thoughts ask permission to land in your life, don't they? Permission to land. But you have complete control over what will land and what will be turned away. And so what dropped in my life that moment was the thought that under Jesus Christ, because he says it so, I have the power to turn away the negative thoughts that enslave me. And so do you. Whether it's the world's distorted view of who you are, the attractiveness of sin, or the lie that the enemy tries to simply land in your life. Simply say no. Because, friends, the bit that dropped in my life was not only that, but the sense that we're in a battle, aren't we? Between truth and lie. Every stronghold that's in my life between then and now has been torn down Because of the day that I stood and said no. And I am not saying it's easy. In fact, I am saying it's tough. But the very fact it's tough proves something. It proves that the enemy wants to to stop you doing it. So let's go do it. And I'm going to give you a chance in a minute. Now I want to thank you. Do you remember the illustration a, a couple of weeks ago where I knocked down the walls? Do you remember that? Oh, if you weren't here, you missed something glorious. My best ham in acting, actually. Who's nodding and going, thank you for the fence since I hammed it up. I told the children I was going to knock down the walls and I literally just sort of tapped down the walls. Do you remember that? Thank you. Thank you for those that have since then agree with me that the walls of this church need knocking down. Thank you for those who since that moment have talked to me about knocking the walls of the strongholds in their own lives down. Thank you for those who have agreed that the spiritual walls are coming down. And I want to say thank you and thank you and thank you and amen and amen and amen. Because this morning, I want to take the wall down. And I want you to use your brains. Because I know how God's going to do it. Imagine for a moment, okay... That we really did want to knock this wall down. Who's the strongest bod amongst us? Leicester's in my eyesight. 
you're a big strong lad, Lester, aren't you? You know, you'd consider yourself quite reasonable. Now, do you think? <laughs> yeah, thank you for the build-up of that. <laughs> do you do you think if I said to you come and knock down the walls with your hands, you could? Okay. What about if I gave you a sledgehammer? Okay, with a sledgehammer, okay, Lester could knock the walls down, couldn't he? Do you? Th- <laughs> okay. Yes, I do agree with you. Some sort of um, bomb and a detonation would be better. <laughs> Thank you for that, Jason. <laughs> I am naming you so that if we can, you know, later on I can have a word with you. <laughs> Imagine if we gave him a sledgehammer. And he took the sledgehammer and as hard as he could, he hurled it with all his force into the wall. I want to tell you the truth. The wall wouldn't come down. He might damage the wall. He might even knock a brick out. But the wall wouldn't come down. But imagine if we said to him, could you do it in 10,000 blows? Do you reckon that's possible? You'd be a bit sore and achy. I... <laughs> okay. But the wall would come down, wouldn't it? What's the most important blow? Is it the first blow or the 10,000th? What do we reckon? There's the brain teaser for the morning. Who said all of them? Absolutely true. Every single blow. What counts in this, if you want to walk in the freedom in Jesus Christ, is not just that you make the commitment today to do so, but that tomorrow you do so, and the day after, and the day after, and then all of a sudden, those things that seem like great big castles of destruction in your mind, the walls come tumbling down. Because you have literally brought them down with the truth of Jesus Christ and you have persisted in that truth. They're all important. Or to put it, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 from 13b, that's the second bit of the verse to 15. Forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus then. And here's where it ties up with the reading in Hebrews. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. Or to put it in the words of the theme from today, I am going to daily choose to walk in freedom. How about you? I want to give you some truth of scripture to finish with, and then we're going to worship. If you know and love the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour, you are not who the world says you are. You are not even who you tell yourself you are, but you are who he says you are. You are not a sinner bound by its cause and effects because according to scripture, you are a saint and you are free in Jesus Christ. And Christ himself, that which the Son of Man has set free, is free indeed. And as for your enemy being powerful and in control, read the book. Our enemy has been defeated by Jesus Christ. And that fact will never change. You are Christ's and Christ is in control. And remember that reality. And growing up from being an infant who needs milk 
to have been an adult who eats spiritual solid food. Isn't that what the writer of Hebrews means in verses 12 to 14? Someone that takes hold of and holds on to that reality. Friends, too often we want to eat God's banquet before we're spiritually capable of digesting it. But that doesn't mean we can't digest it. It means that we need to stick at it and mature. And then we can digest it. In fact, we'll feast on it. I long this morning to eat spiritual food, Lord. What about you? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your scripture reminds us that you have already done all the hard work. We are who you say we are. We are not bound by sin because you have defeated sin and the enemy is no longer powerful and holds sway in our lives because you have won the victory. This morning, I long, I pray on behalf of the church and say we long, to eat spiritual food rather than to be fed spiritual milk. Lord, have your way in my life and have your way in the life of the church. Between yourself and your Saviour, if that's in any way, shape or form your prayer this morning, I invite you to add the Amen in your heart so that he may hear you I may respond to you. And Lord, I thank you that we can not only respond individually, but as a church. I come before you and I say, Amen. By the grace of God. Feed us, Lord, on the solids that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to worship as we end with two songs. Um, one's a song of response. It's a song I'm going to invite you to be really careful about. Because the words the Lord will take seriously. It's a song I'm giving you my heart and all that is within. I'm laying it all down. For the sake of you, my King. If the Lord wants to do, to do business with you this morning, sing this to him. But let's be mindful of the fact we sing before awesome God. And he will take us seriously. I, Lord, want to give up pride and acknowledge new life. However you come to this song this morning, let's acknowledge the Lord will take us at our word. I invite you to respond as you wish, standing, sitting, laying, kneeling, whatever God wants from you, and give everything to him. So.
Thomas just shared a picture of someone here. If this is you, I want before we start the picture to say the solution simple. Someone who is in a barrel of oil, but that black crude oil, and sees themselves as being stuck with all this sticky oil on them. The oils of shame and guilt and sin. You'll know it's you if it is you. But I want to say this to you. Scripture tells us something very profound. Jesus in John chapter 13 washes the feet of the disciples. And he would say to you this. You are mine. The lie is that you're stuck in the barrel. That the enemy has deceived you. Because, in his own words, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. The enemy is deceiving you. You are clean because you are the Lord's. And the Lord this morning wants to deal with that issue once and for all with you. And if that is you, can I just invite you afterwards to come and find me or Richard or someone you know and love. Because we need to pray for you. And you need to walk here from here this morning free. We're going to sing I Surrender All before our final act of worship. To be with you and to let you surrender. Can we sing that chorus of that again, Sue? again but this time without the musical instruments because actually this is not about worship this is about humility this is about giving everything to God so here we go without any instruments it'll be good just with my rough note but let's give all to God and I surrender all to you In the book of Leviticus, there's that amazing moment when Aaron's anointed with the oil of God. If that picture we shared relates to you, come and let's pray for the Lord's anointing, the oil of love, and the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please, if the Lord has spoken to you this morning, do not leave without coming and seeking prayer, being prayed for. Blessing us in the seeking. And we'll pray with you. But may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with you. And with all those you know and love. This day. And forevermore. Because who the Lord has set free. Is free indeed. In Jesus name. Amen. To leave a comment, please go to minehead-baptist.com slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.